The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast, the best podcast on the internet that's objective. We're going to have some arguments today about what the word objective means. Uh, that's going to come <laughs> up again, most likely. <laughs> so, today for our cast, we have, first up, Benjamin Haworth, whose name I always spell wrong. <laughs> it's alright, it's alright, I'm used to it. Uh, hello everyone, Benjamin Haworth here, trying to avoid the uh, torrential rain in Houston and drinking a... Uh, Wild Turkey American Honey, which is probably my favorite uh, honey whiskey I've tried so far. And it is way too tasty when making an alcoholic thing. Bought it, it all the time. It is pretty tasty, though. Alcoholism. You should try it if you haven't. Yeah, it's too we good. Should. We should it's all too good. go together to Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible place. Peter, you're up next. What you got? Uh, hi. Hey, guys. Peter, I'm drinking a Shiner Ruby, Ruby Redbird because it's the last one in my fridge. And I need to finish it. It's been in there for a good week. Unfortunately, also enjoying, <laughs> also enjoying this one this wonderful torrential downpour in Houston with Ben. So you know we're in the same boat here. Yes, <laughs> Bobby, you're up next. I am happy to be here, and I'm drinking a Bell's Oberon Ale. I am not thrilled about the weather because I live in Wisconsin, and it freaking snowed yesterday. Yes, in May. In May. In mid May. It's. I don't even get how that's possible like people literally like did you guys see that like that internet picture in north carolina where there's like a car on fire on the highway in north carolina when we had like we had like a quarter of an inch of snow and literally everyone lost their minds like joker style (laughs) it was like it was anarchy (laughs) i would have been standing in front of the i would have been standing in front of the car taking a picture like i was about to drop the big like i was about to drop the best mixtape in your fucking life (laughs) (laughs) and last and i didn't forget anyone this time but certainly not least trevor hey guys good afternoon i'm drinking orange seltzer you bunch of drunks (laughs) (laughs) this week the podcast is sponsored not sponsored by woodford reserve double oaked it's a really delicious whiskey that i'm drinking today we're not actually sponsored by woodford reserve they don't actually know we exist or care about our shit show but you know there we are but i wish they would sponsor us so if you're out there and listening come on let's do this (laughs) you can fuel all our shenanigans what we need to do is, is you need to find their other competitor and then be like, that one is amazing. There, this one's cute as shit. I'm going to pay you to not stop about it. We're going to put out a hit piece. Let's do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, first up today, we'll be talking about the indie film The Lobster. And Benjamin Haworth is up to summarize and tell us his feelings about The Lobster. Ben. All right, so The Lobster is the latest film from Yorgos Lanthimos, which tells the story of an alternate world where any adult who is single is forced to go to a hotel where they have 45 days to find a mate or be turned into an animal of their choosing. We follow David, played by Colin Farrell, who arrived at the hotel with his brother, a dog, as he tries to find love. Eventually, David escapes the hotel, joining a rogue band of single people, where he falls in love with the short-sighted woman, played by Rachel Weiss, but their love is forbidden even in this single world, for very different reasons. And I love this movie. I really, really enjoyed it. I think perhaps maybe it's because 
I am coming off of a long-term relationship, but I think it's a really interesting satire of the way societal pressures put on love. I think it's very, very clever in that sense. I think all the elements really work. I do think maybe it's a bit too long, like a lot of people do, but I really think because it's so long, it really builds the story, and you get to this weird sense where it's the weirdest love story you've ever seen, and somehow yet it's sweet and saccharine, even though it's completely, completely bizarre. So I loved it, and I know someone else truly did not. That's someone else. (laughs) That's someone else is Trevor Flynn. Ben liked this movie, Trevor. Tear his hopes and dreams. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. I mean, I don't even know where to start, honestly. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't really have a problem with the message of this film itself. Like, I, I feel like I understood most of what it was trying to say. I just took absolutely no joy in receiving that message. Not because I didn't like the message. I just didn't see much complexity to it or... I didn't feel really compelled to understand it more. Like, I'm all up for seeing an indie movie about, like, monogamy as a cultural institution and shit, but I just didn't really take much more away from it than that very basic idea. So, I guess that would be my main criticism of it. Would you say that you're coming in kind of saying to some extent that the movie is like is like pro monogamy in terms of like we put societal pressures on mono- to to create monogamy in a sense but at the same time eventually out of like monogamy is a great thing the, the movie is obviously suggesting that it's a great thing when it does work but it's suggesting that societal pressures to create that said thing are right too that great we and have an image of time. normality being like a nuclear family yeah no I. I understand that message completely i just thought i just (laughs) i i didn't i didn't really get why it was delivered in this fact there was was a lot of confusing other things in there that didn't really find their expression for me like the being turned into an animal thing i thought was an interesting idea i didn't really feel like it was like there was much in that idea that was carried to its conclusion i guess um Another thing that really bugged me that I just didn't understand is all this. Well, one thing emphasis... I think is very interesting about the animal sorry, idea, especially, is that. Oh, sorry. Uh, you can sign out. You go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you one okay. other thing that uh, maybe you can explain to me, uh, Ben. Is I didn't understand all this emphasis on the different quirks people had and pairing people with their so called defining characteristics. I feel like uh, that's standing in for an idea that. I didn't really understand where that was coming from. I feel like, if anything, it's more um, popularly believed that opposites attract than anything else. I just didn't really understand why there was so much emphasis on that one idea. I think the thing is... Go ahead, Bobby. Oh, I was going to say, I thought it was eugenics. Like, that's what (laughs) I took that to mean. I know, I know. I thought the movie was really dark and interesting, and I have so many questions about it, but when they were talking about how everyone needed to find their compatible partner, it was physical attributes. You know, you're either short-sighted, or you have a speech impediment, or you have a limp, and it kind of seemed that you could only be with someone who had similar unique traits, or in this case, kind of disabilities so for what i took it as was a way of uh creating a perfect society uh and it seemed like eugenics to me now clearly (laughs) jack thought differently (laughs) no i i just mean like i didn't get eugenics out of that i thought it was kind of more of a because i i think there's two different ways to take this movie and i think that for me like it was definitely more of the i agree with ben that there was like a saccharine element to this movie and i like that i think like i took it pretty nicely as like when they take 
both when they're taking all the ele disparate elements and they're tying people together on a singular elements, I think it's just more a look at like, you know, what do we do when we approach an individual? Like, how do we know there's going to be someone we like? We like we pair up with individuals based upon like surface shit, and I think that's the thing is like people are like searching for these things. They're searching for a deep emotional connection, but they're looking for it by looking at like surface. Uh, crap like you're short-sighted I'm short-sighted we have things in common thus things will work out and I think there is like a weird way when you're like searching for relationships that like that just does that's you know that's how it has to work out because you can't be like tell me all about your emotional soul without experiencing time with that individual <laughs> well see I <laughs> take umbrage for that because I feel like that that very idea set that you described is already archaic I don't feel like a lot of people do believe that anymore maybe that's just me my personal hang I agree I agree I think people do do that though like that's the problem yeah. within society like that's a mirror of, that's, well, that's, I, it felt like to me like society. yeah like the entire basis of a relationship was built on what you get introduced from a relationship to, to which is what I find very funny it's like he is a limp you have a limp so therefore you're in love it's sort of a again it, it, to me it felt more like a parody of matchmaking or online dating or things like that which is this very, very surface level of you equal these things and mathematically, therefore, you should be together forever. And if it doesn't work, here's literally a kid, which I think is one of the funniest jokes in the movie is they literally <laughs> give you a kid to fix your marriage. Like, yeah. like you don't have like, a kid, they just like how, like, give how, you like a kid. People, or like how people like like, like, like like literally in the world we live in like, will we'll, we'll, we'll base whether or not they should be with someone, whether whether or not they're meant to be meant to be meant to be together based on like you know, their signs like oh i'm an aries you're a capricorn we won't work oh 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 you're a pisces or you're a pisces i'm a cancer we totally will work and absolutely bait and, and sometimes and pro probably not as many people as we as we as we like to think cross my fingers but people actually do like subscribe to that like like like, like you know like, well, where 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 was the sun on the day you were born where was the moon on the day you were born what day was it what time of well, day you're was making it? this more religious but i think a lot of the things like pure basic basic like dating things like how do you get to know somebody it's like oh they're into the same kinds of bands like you yeah. share like i mean like i don't mean you're making it a little sound like i mean yeah we all like say like be, being pisces together is ridiculous like being a taurus together is ridiculous but like there are like we do do that today like you go Oh man, I love video games. She loves video games. We're gonna have great video game loving children. Like, <laughs> like I mean, so, here's I mean, the thing. Here's that's the thing. gonna be me. So, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think the movie suggests that that's like not how really actual relationships work out. Like people are more complicated than that. And I think, but at the same time, like I like that element. Like I like that element of like how like I like the first part of the movie in terms of like going into the hotel and a lot of the like the relationship messages that are put out through the hotel i think this the movie is way too fucking long for what it is like it is way way too long honestly it does not need to be yeah too, like i was ahead, still invested the whole time they were at the hotel after that i just thought it was i just any semblance of a, a plot kind of broke down like there wasn't really much to hold on to i thought after that like they're doing these missions going to the city but we don't really know what the point of those missions are, why? why they put up with the leader in the woods, and they don't just run away sooner than they do because it seems like they're off on their own all the time. Like, I know that's, like, literal things for me, and this is obviously an allegorical film, but, like, if no, it's, it's an true. allegory I based think... in reality, I want it to be a little more realistic, I guess. I don't know. I think that's the thing that's interesting about it is the first half does feel a little bit more realistic and road based so the second half to me felt more fairy tale esque where you're starting yeah. to get these very visual mm -hmm. metaphors of like literally stabbing a person and their avatar dying and you have the blinding and all these sort of yeah. 
literal allegories that felt like yeah. again yeah. to to a level of maybe a little bit of extreme, but I there, think that's what really makes it interesting. There's that, a dr- there's a dramatic tone shift in that movie on purpose, and I'm not sure it works um, totally. And I think I think that's the thing is like it, it it once they leave like there is a dramatic tone shift and and kind of also like the other thing that happens over time is like from the first half of it you take a lot of humor out of the way Colin Farrell acts like you you take a lot of humor from like do you, know, you? this is funny like you <laughs> I did. At, at the beginning at the beginning you did but like let's be honest thirty minutes in you didn't find it funny anymore I actually just, found it, it, it was... funny all the way through maybe I'm an incredibly <laughs> You're dark person absolutely but... crazy I found it funny all the way too as well I'm sorry the camel walking I... through the woods like towards the very end of the movie was hysterical to me or or just like when he sees the kid and he kicks it in the shin and just, yeah like, that was here, hilarious. Here's a too that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I think I think the thing is for me is like like give me an hour ten minutes of this like don't give like don't give me. Don't two. give me two hours, and I think that's the thing is like you know maybe maybe like it wore off of me too fast or something, and maybe that's just me in taste. Like I would have. I've, I've heard that from some people. So I don't think it's don't, just you. Like I mean, do you, do you disagree that it outstayed its welcome? I think it did. I think. I. Think, I, I no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bobby. Oh, I, I was gonna say I didn't think the movie was too long. I liked the progression that the movie took, and I I I do think it was very allegorical. But I thought that the movie was trying to show all the different kinds of dysfunctional relationships throughout the film. So in the beginning, you basically have relationships that are formed too quickly out of loneliness. You know, I need someone, you need someone. We got 45 days to find someone, so we throw ourselves together, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it works. So you take superficial things, and you use that to create a relationship. The second part of the film... Or just based a relationship on a sham, like the nosebleed. Exactly, just lies. (laughs) Um, So, and then the second part of the film, I thought we were getting more into, like, a controlling, more abusive relationship. You know, there were all of these rules that didn't necessarily make any sense, but they made sense in the world, and everyone was accepting them because, for some reason, they made sense in that world. And then you end the movie with a relationship where you were literally trying to change a fundamental part of yourself so that you can be with another person. And that's how I viewed or, it. It was showing even though all you those already work together, you know that's one thing that's very interesting. They you work still as an independent no, couple, but they still have that blind itself. I think that there's an issue, and I think the blinding. I mean, we, this is a this is a bigger thing, and I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you off the bat. But I think the blinding is more significant and changes that. I think it represents a change in that character, and I think they go through as he moves on, and like she starts talking differently. And he observes, like, a change in a person. Like, he's fallen in love with an idea of a person, who she is. And now, and she's moved on from him, and now he wants to move on, too, as well. I do think, like, they don't fundamentally work at the point that, after she's blinded. I think I think the movie's doing that to make a point. And I, I, I don't know, like, I mean, you, you, like, they definitely worked before, but he is, like, you know, it's it's like, what's the perfect relationship? He gets it, and then, like, it's he's either striving for it and doesn't know how to get it, or he's lost it and doesn't know how to get back to it. And I think that that, that movie is definitely, like, oh, God, it's this torturous thing that you can't ever hit directly onto. See, I mean, that's my theory. For me, the, the personal interactions and motivations between just their relationship kind of got taken out of it for me because I was more thinking about their relationship versus the society they lived in the whole time. And that's, I mean, I guess why maybe, like, for instance, him his decision whether or not he should blind himself to be with her didn't have as much um, behind it for me is that it all seemed motivated by that power structure of the single people in the woods with their, with their leader they kept referring to for me. Like, right. it, it didn't seem personally 
Like, it didn't, didn't seem personal. For, for a movie about relationships, it didn't seem very personal, I guess. Does that make any well, sense? See, I felt it did because it was all about that section where he's trying to find anything to relate to her. So he's like, do you speak German? Do you do this? Do you do that? You know, and literally the thing you guys kind of do is the only thing I can do is physically blind myself. And I think that level is very interesting about sort of a, a relationship, as Bobby said, on the rocks so hard that you literally have to change a fundamental part of yourself to still be with that person. I that's, that's what I view there as. I mean, I think the issue, too, with this movie is it boils down whether you like it or not is kind of like coming back around to like what you feel about the delivery of the stuff. Like, for instance, this movie is not fun to watch and i you know and that's because maybe i didn't like the i mean i'm sure there's people that love the humor and they thought it was enjoyable all the way again through. what I humor didn't. like I, <laughs> again I'm i laughed all the way through trevor, trevor. i don't I know tell you trevor. i thought it was really funny in the world that it set up i found the world amusing what is being said is not funny but the world amused me i mean that's the and thing i did laugh at several different points like when they cut when they cut to them dancing celebrating in the woods oh, i lost yeah. it i lost it i yeah, was that like was funny. but but i didn't was, feel like i no, was no, supposed no. to be laughing that's that's why i thought it was funny like this i, I feel think like so i, I think he is joke. a satirist i think he is a satirist in the classic sense that you you do laugh but you also wonder am i supposed to be laughing i think that's it's, well, I, I, I would, I would that. give him complex emotions but the point is it's like it's not it's still not an enjoyable experience it's still a very harsh film and that's and that's the point as i'm saying is like it's not like let's not look at like movies as like this is enjoyable this is not enjoyable the avengers is enjoyable in like its way but like other movies like requiem for a dream like you you get a strong catharsis from that movie and that experience that it's still a really fucking good movie but you're there's nothing about it you enjoy and i i think that's what i'm coming to about this movie it's like there's two there's three kinds for me there's essentially three kinds of win states for movie there's like it's just pure fun it's has a strong cathartic element and um and it, it made me think about something because like there are bad movies that made me think about things and i really enjoyed and i don't feel i feel like this movie strongly on purpose does not have catharsis and leaves it ambiguous and it's doing that on purpose but from the point of like view of like this movie i think it really just wanted me to think it wanted me to feel catharsis i just didn't i think that's it, i think it kind of falls flat short of that but it did make me think, and I think it did make me... And I really did enjoy analyzing. I just don't know that I enjoyed the experience overall. I just think the film really falls smartly into the genre of cinema of the unsettling. And I think that's... When you accept that that's what it is, I, I picked up on that from the get-go. And I thought that was really... It just... It, especially with all the stuff about the eyes... You know, they kept I, coming back to that hard, and that's because that's something that, like, very primally sits down in you, and, like, it's terrifying. And I think that the way that they played off with the music in particular, using it for both saccharine moments and for moments that were just bone-chillingly terrifying, um, mm -hmm. I thought that it really was playing that just, like, the entire movie was supposed to progressively unsettle you. Whereas in the beginning, it's very kind of lighthearted, strange, but sci-fi, and then slowly you get deeper and deeper, and then the film switches, and it's completely unsettling until the end. And the one thing I love about the film, and one thing that really helps about it, that I agree with Bobby, is, is that I like a film that has its own language and its yeah. own sense of itself, so that what I like about it, and the pace, I think, why I accept that the pace is maybe a little bit too slow at the second half, is that by the time you get to the relationship, it is sweet in its own way, and I think if they had introduced it earlier, like in the hotel, or had got out of the hotel in the first 30 minutes, say, and got into the woods faster, I don't think it would have been as 
powerful as it was in the film because by that point I feel like I was clued into that language. I was into that world to the point that I had to teach myself not to talk in that weird, stilted, halting way that they all talk. I was going to say, and the language that you're talking about, is it monotone? Like Yes, no, it is. It yeah, is monotone, well, and there's nothing wrong with that. that. I, think there's me, a, I think it's a very interesting choice. It is different, but I think it goes to the fact that we don't know how to communicate. It's sort of a big parody of the way we don't know how to communicate, especially in relationships, mm -hmm. to the point that you literally list off things and list off ideas and things like that, and people just throw out horrifically graphic sexual imagery in the most right. callous of ways, well, or I even sex is very driven primal. that symbol. You know, mm -hmm. like, I thought that it was, especially in the hotel, I thought they were really focusing on the primal nature of relationships, and that literally the wait staff would get the men as close to orgasm as possible and then not let them complete as a way yeah. to fuel them into this dating world so they'd be I more assume, aggressive. I assume, just as a point, I assume that that was happening to the women as well. I assume it yeah, was, yeah. but we never saw an example of it. Sure. I, sure. I assume in the world that that would be a, how it happened, but it, it just, it seemed to be very much po focusing on the primal urges of, you know, meet and mate and replicate right now. You have 45 no. days. Right now. And that primal thing is very interesting because I just remember one of my favorite lines, maybe just because I am uh, bisexual is like the line where he's like is there a bisexual option and they're like no it just was too complicated <laughs> like, you just gotta pick one or the other yeah, yeah. homosexual Hetero or heterosexual yeah, right now. Uh, yeah, you're right that it, it, that and the shoes. I did find that part interesting <laughs> yeah, I found that part interesting especially especially because you got to like watch him like, sit there for 15 seconds just like hmm <laughs> he I, literally like, chooses like, like, it, like it was an actual decision he made before, like, from the get go no I agree I agree. I agree with everything in terms of the elements. I just don't necessarily think that the greater structure hangs together, guys. I think that there's there's an ongoing issue in terms of like the like following through to the end and whether or not it completes. Like it has a very basic underlying terms, and it told me that thing. And I think that's the thing is like it gets its point across very straightforward. I think it's like it's very straight forward is kind of the issue is there it's it's using absurdist humor and it makes you feel feelings and i'm not saying that it doesn't successfully do that i'm saying like it's not successful at being or, or at least the humor didn't stay with me at some point i was like jesus christ <laughs> and i think i was supposed to feel that i feel like I, I think i was like supposed to feel emotionally exhausted by the end of the movie it has a similar setup and that's like the end when he's about to cut out his eyes you're just going fuck 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 i mean that's yeah that's what no, I did. see i, I didn't care that, at I, that point <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, you lost the thread of this movie. I agree with you that you lost no, but the thread. That, like, I understand. Which thread are you talking about? Because I'm on board with the ideas that it's talking about. I just didn't get any like I, I didn't get any original Deep thought from this. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. my problem with you saying that it's like unsettling and making you think. Because I I didn't get any original thought from this. I didn't think. Like I get I don't know. I can see like talking about the language of it. Like some of the ideas. That, but it, it just doesn't seem like anything new to me. I don't know. Like, maybe it needed to be said, but I don't know. I guess I am hard-pressed to think the delivery wasn't it has like. a message exactly like this. But there are, I think there are better movies that talk about the course of, of relationships and issues in kind of more straightforward terms. And I think that, like, you have to enjoy this style. And I think that's the issue. Is like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to get with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like, and I don't mean that in a weird sort of way. I mean that in, like, a this is a taste. Like, Bobby and Ben, I accept that you like it, and I accept that if I was in the right mindset to view this movie, that it could have been very successful for me. It wasn't, and I think it lost me about halfway through, and at that point I was like, I understand what you're saying, I don't enjoy you. 
and and then I'm unengaged from that point on. And I think that's the difference. Is like I feel like the right person needs to watch this movie could be a ten, and I feel like the wrong person watching this movie could be a one. And I think that's the issue. I have no idea where to put it on like a scale of like movies because it's it's kind of kind of hard. Well, I guess you could just say it's all up to your. It's the thing with well, rating movies, movies in general, are yeah. Taste, but like that's <laughs> I, I understand that's a silly point. I just saying like. But I mean, you don't know how to objectively look at this movie and it's a piece of art. No, no, no. I have a hard time saying, this is how we rate this. Like, you know, it's like, oh, here's a new Avengers movie. Well, there's all these other Avengers movies that we put it in. There's nothing... <laughs> I, I disagree with you a little bit, Trevor. Like, maybe, like, the exact philosophical terms of what it's saying is not been... is, like, not new. Like, none of it, none of the philosophy in this movie is new under the sun. I'll agree with that. But, like, there's not many other movies quite like this. Yeah, I'll And I feel that. like it's... Uh, I feel like it's original in that sense. Whether or not it's totally successful, or whether or not I ever want to see a movie like this again, is a different taste discussion. But like, I mean, as its own thing, like it is successful at least through the first half, and it makes me think, you know, deep thoughts about relationships and the like. And so, I have a question for everyone. Um, with films like this, with something like. I mean, the closest thing I can think of right off the top of my head is Wes Anderson with a very specific delivery system. Some actors nail it, some actors don't. And I'm very curious which actors do you think were most appropriate for the film and which ones were least appropriate. I really, really like Colin Farrell for it. I thought he had the too. perfect kind of yeah. deadpan attitude. Yeah. I think for what he was obviously handed in terms of like the delivery of that role, I don't think... I don't think there is much more way to play it. I have to admit, I liked um, the the limping man, John. I, yeah, I liked, Ben uh, Ben Wheatley. Yeah, I really great. liked his delivery of the system as well. In terms of like the thing they were doing, like ben I Wheatley. felt like they two were very were very good together and like worked it. And I felt like who's the who's the comedian there? Oh God, what's his John name? John C. Riley. Yeah, I didn't necessarily love um, him. He was having. A he was approaching bit of a stick time. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he was having a hard time keeping his own humor out of that character. Um, because like he was, he would say stuff, and I'd be like <laughs> John C. Riley. <laughs> Maybe that's actually too. Is like, well, that's I, I disagree because I actually both those characters they are more recognizable than John C. Riley. So I think that they actually like tra- they were they were more transformative and fit into the roles far better than like he did. And I think that's true. What do you think of the girl uh, Wiseman? What is her name? Uh, um, Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss, Rachel Weiss, yeah. What'd you uh, think of her? I liked her a little bit. She maybe overplayed the, the staticness, and it's hard because she is the voiceover, and it's sort of very interesting to have this voiceover that is completely and utterly soulless. This isn't yeah. Blade Runner, I don't care, I should care soulless. This is intentional heart. Sean's not here, so I can, <laughs> I can crap I on Blade Runner since Sean's not here. Uh, I agree. Blade I Runner. Agree. It was weird to have a character narrate the thing, and it, it made it feel like, and it made it feel like the device at the end was that they had it show up that they were reading her journal back. Like, he right. had told her everything right. that had happened. And I just felt that that, other than moving the plot forward and giving them a reason, giving them cause to blind her um, for their purposes, I don't see any purpose of doing that. Or why they did the setup that way. Because, I don't know. It's... I, 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 I could have used a... Na- I, I would have enjoyed somebody in that film. I don't know. It might not have worked. I can't say from creative differences because I'm starting to say like, hey, why don't we have somebody with like that's kind of doing like the you know the John Cleese narration? But then I'm like, actually, that'd be fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting since technically the the uh, the film is entirely in her perspective because they get to a point where she's like 
he's like, oh, you know, he, he ends up falling in love with this horrible woman who kills his brother, and then he brings her to the animal transformation room, and she goes, I don't know what animal he changed her to, and he never told me. And so we do have to wonder that this film is entirely from basically from her perspective, because we also don't get to see the animal he turned her into, and we only get to really see what I assume are things he told her. So you do begin to wonder how much of the film is essentially through her gaze. Well, which I think is interesting, but you're right. I don't know if it's through her gaze particularly. Up. Then the, sec- the latter part of the film we shouldn't be seeing because she's blind for it, right? Mm, but I mean, it's what she wrote. But at the same time, like, right? But then I it think switches. That, I think that that, point, that is yeah. the issue. Is like once she stops reading the diary, she doesn't have any more narration. the the pred- The focus ends from past and narration and kind of what we've had at this point to like a series of events moving forward. And I think, it, I think we need a narration in that part because especially like when they're doing the weird thing where she's like grabbing the, like the French maid and like pushing her forward into the knife and they're all that weird stuff happens and his decision do actually, did he, cause yeah, it's just, no, he just goes into a bathroom and says, I'm going to blind myself with a snake knife. There is no narration at that point And it ends. And I think that's the thing is that it's another point in which it totally lost me is at least like this movie was very complicated, but at least the voice was so, you know, static and monotone it was directing me in a direction of take like it was directing me in terms of understanding what the fuck was going on and once i lost that i was like i have no idea guys like whatever <laughs> like because it's she, she's literally the voice of the, like what's happening in the character you don't like if you remove her voice like this isn't this isn't a blade runner thing like you have no idea what the fuck is happening because <laughs> like, i mean she is she like literally tells like 90 percent of the story or like 90 percent of the backdrop that's necessary for this bobby you're giving me a face what is that face well, no i mean i just you know the snippets of narration that occur i mean they occur in short sentences and they are basic sentences the man did this you know the woman did that it is very basic narration so to say that she's the storyteller i feel is very unfair to the cinematography of the film which no, i no, thought no, no, was no, no. brilliant is, and I, I, intentional take that, <laughs> take that more literal take that more little she is the storyteller like she is telling the story because somebody is reading her journal and these things that she's wrote down she is the storyteller you know, I wouldn't even quite elevate it to that level, though, because I think the story could easily exist without her. You know, I wish it did. <laughs> like, 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 not to be like, I not just, to be like from a, like I agree with you, but like the the film is using her in that things and it's structuring and and I think that's the point is like I, I agree that the film could exist without her narration. It would have to have something in lieu because she does add in. Well, I I thought it was leading to the reveal of who she is. Like I thought that that was there was no reveal. I thought it there was, was. Very awkwardly, and there was no reveal. Okay, I mean she shows up. She shows up. She looks across, and you're like, "Oh, is that is that Rachel Weisz?" No, I, I like, viewed it as a reveal. I viewed it as a meet cute, and it's very awkward, standard, creepy, <laughs> disturbing well, then, well, way that Lobster does everything. It was I thought most, it, it was, it was a meet cute. Yeah, just without the, whole the slow movie mo. was unsettling. That was like what the movie was. You know, that was its thing was to, un, to to rattle you and so i thought that the sudden all of a sudden you were, were halfway through the movie we're not at the end and boom you meet the narrator i mean right i i did think of it as a reveal and i agree it kind of is a meet cute in the version of this film where a meet cute would happen it's kind of like <laughs> the guy banging his head into the cement of the pool and then getting a nosebleed and saying and that's a girl, romantic gesture oh, i have a nosebleed that's a meat cute in the context of this film where everything is forced and everything is very uncomfortable i'm sorry to interrupt right or the other meat cute is uh what what yeah. meat cute means yeah. for uh, me. a meat cute it, meat cute means like when two characters who were supposed to have romantic uh love with 
meet for the first time and it's supposed to be like all they meet and it's very cute you're supposed to love their first meeting right. you're supposed to see this first meeting like oh those two should be together i think it, i think oh, it's basically a romantic comedy it's yeah it's a classic romantic rom-com. comedy thing like they yeah. describe it in another film it's it's the holiday don't judge me guys but it's essentially <laughs> it's okay. you know the girl goes judging. to buy pajama top and the boy goes to buy pajama bottoms and you can't just Perfect. buy them as a single so you have to buy them as a set and then they split up the two and then they start dating like that's the you know ridiculous adorable never happens in real life but you immediately that's fall amazing. in love with the characters Great. i love it that's, that's what amazing. it is <laughs> yeah and i i i love that film because you're right the other me cute is him literally watching a woman pretend to choke to death like that's yes. the romantic gesture on his front it is to the point of absurdity to all these things you know what i mean it's taking these tropes to absurdity i would say that that's the issue is that you know each of these individual relationships as they form in the film like the most like development that's done of them is the meet cute scene for each of them and i think that's that's kind of the point i mean they move on past that thing and i think that's the thing is that the latter part of the film is contrasting like deep relationships and deep feelings um versus like you know whereas like the first part of the film was really about dating and i think like once they lose me past the part of dating i'm kind of like i don't really jive with what you're saying about relationships and i think I think that's the uh, not necessarily that they, anything that they're saying is wrong. I think their delivery is much more stoic and uninteresting as opposed to the first part, which is like, look at this. It is it's a weird sort of speed dating thing from hell, isn't it? Hilarious. Like, I think it is. I think it does mock, march on, and I think the issue is like they do a good job of showing the different relationships. But after after the latter part of the film, it just moves on to the main relationship and the diff- different issues. And at that point, I'm like, eh, I don't care. It feels like it I ran out care. of ideas at that point, and it just kept right. going. And that's the issue. Is like maybe if that had like kind of been where it – not where it ended, but at least it just did like 10 minutes of like – it just sliced all that down, I would have liked this film a lot more. Because at that point, I was just like, this shit is rambling. Like there's no excuse for this. I don't think I would have been satisfied if they left him in the woods. You know, like I don't no, think that leave, would have been. I say, I, Bobby, I did not say leave him in the woods. I said if they had cut. You mean like truncated down? Yeah, truncated Yeah, but like yeah, where, just where like do ten you, minutes of that whole thing. Where do you want to end it? I mean, how how do you want to end it? No, no, I love the ending. I thought the ending was great. I thought it got there. I thought it rambled there. Okay. So I, get me there first. Yeah, no, I, I understand what I it think, is that you're saying. I just, I think that you needed to have the setup of um, And you needed the, to have him in the grave. You needed to have the payoff with the French maid. No, I don't think you needed all that, honestly. Can I, someone explain to me what the symbolism of the grave think, was and digging your own grave? Like, I know that's an expression, but I didn't really... Uh, I'll admit, if there's one thing I definitely didn't understand, it was that. I, I don't think there was. I mean, I'm sure you can. Imp- I think I think at that point, like, I think the other thing is, like, he wanted us to imply more meaning to that than I came up with. Because um, it was kind of like the camp of the loners, and, like, loners is, like, no one's there for your funeral right. kind of thing. You dig your yeah. own grave. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Was that was that it? Was that all? No, I think that's the surface level, yeah. I, I mean, think it, it was it very kind surface. Of, it, I mean, yeah, exactly. I think it's very surface. And I think that's the other thing is the loners are way less developed than the first part. I think the first part's a great idea. And once we left that, I was like, yeah, having the idea of, like, loners out there and you hunt them and, like, them kind of being, like, a third party to, like, what's going on in, like, the main course like but at that point i was like yeah this movie went on too long and it went and it kind of lost its main thread and and i think that's the point i didn't necessarily well, enjoy I, the ending well, yeah. i still i still liked it because i think it was two separate threads and one is more literal and one is more allegorical and i definitely agree with that yeah. and i kind of like films that do do dual films one of my favorite films of all time is high and low which is literally two rooms basically stitched together in a very clever way 
Um, but I understand that frustration because it does feel like maybe this should be the third act versus the middle point, which is what yeah. it is. Yeah. But I like that because I think we do need to develop that Rachel Weisz storyline. It was about him trying Why? to find love in the classic way. <laughs> no, because I think it's about the first half is about him trying to find love in the classic way, the dating way, and then it's him finding true love completely outside of the rules of both societies. And I think establishing both societies and taking an hour to establish both societies fully is very interesting. Maybe you didn't think the second society is interesting as the first society, but I think both are important for the development of the overall well, story. I think, too, the thing is, the to your point about the second society not being as interesting, is, like, the issue is, like, they just openly... Like, there wasn't as much a parallel as to why. Like, the first society was up yeah. but, like, the second society having, like, oh, there's a red kiss and a red intercourse, like, it didn't make as much sense as to why they were, like, you know, you can masturbate as much as you want, but you can't be in a relationship because we're anti-relationship establishment. Like, I get that. I get what they're saying, but it doesn't, like, the power that was inherent in the, in the motifs in the hotel were not on display in the forest with the group. And it's like everyone dancing to their own concert with you know with headphones in. And it's like everyone's a loner, but we move in packs. Like, right. We just, I think the yeah. thing is, you made a society out of something that's the opposite of what it should be. And I think that's the issue. It's like they, you know, he needed a way on film to represent a society of loners, and so he made a society, and that's not what loners are. And I think, I think it doesn't particularly work from like what they're saying, and it, it just kind of like began to like annoy me. And I'm also like them not running away. And I do believe like there's issues with that. So I think like the latter part just doesn't feel hung together as nicely as the first half is well i mean i just i thought it brought up a whole lot of interesting questions and in that it kind of seemed like the loners were also still kind of run by the hotel you know i i that's the sense that i got from it and i also thought that the entire purpose of the second part was to create the more to, to continue the unsettling nature of the film because you learned the rules of the hotel pretty easily they are simple, they are straightforward, and they involve harsh punishment when you break them. That's why we had the whole scene of the guy having to stick his hand in a toaster for masturbating. So you understand the rules of that place pretty quickly. The rules of the loners don't make sense. And I think that's part of the point. So suddenly, halfway through the film, the rule of the world that you've been set up to believe is no longer the rules that exist in the second half of the film. So you are continually having to learn a new way that the characters have to act in the world. And I, I did appreciate that. Now, I can understand why you guys did not like that. I get that. Because they did completely change the rules halfway through the film. But I really enjoyed that feature of it. Well, that's what's so tough about it is it's literally a parody of both. You know, it's a parody yeah. of both single life and the societal need for coupling at the same time. And, and you're it's right. Really it's tough to be like, yeah. okay, wait, we're I got it. We're on board. We're doing this. And then all of a sudden it completely shifts. And I do think, yeah, this, the, I do think the hotel is more interesting. But I do like the single life stuff because of those weird arbitrary rules. Because I do like uh, the main uh, leader of the pack. I think I think I agree. I agree that I like the setup for the film. Don't don't kill me, Trevor. I'm not abandoning ship on you. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, like I think like I think. And like, poor Peter I, is just sitting there, like I don't even know. No, no. I I realize that that the, that my opinions on this film are like are not nearly as strong as either side. So so honestly, I am. No, I, I'm 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 kind of with you with that boat, Peter. Like I'm not I'm not like raising to their bait because like I was like yeah, first half's pretty good. Second half, yeah, are they it. setting up bait though? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
setting, I mean, like, they, I mean, I don't mean they're not setting. Trevor's setting out bait. Like, Trevor's bait laying, like, no one's business. <laughs> like, Look, I get it. I get being on the dark side of stuff. I get it. No, he's, he hates it, and I get it, and I don't mean to, like, put it at I, that. I, I baited Jack for Batman for Superman. I get it. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I had a very strong opinion about that. I just don't at this, and I think that's the thing is, like, it didn't compel me. In the same sort of way, because, like, it did compel me. I was very interested at the beginning, and then I kind of lost me halfway through. And at that point, I was like, you know what? It's not, like, terrible. I have no idea about recommenda- recommending this movie. Because it, it's, well, see, that's it relies about... on the person. It relies yeah. on the person super hard. Go ahead, Ben. I think that's part of that, too. Yeah, because I love, love, love Mulholland Drive. I don't love most David Lynch, especially surrealist ones. There are non-surrealist David Lynch films. Um... But I love Mulholland Drive. I don't know what it is about that film, but it really works for me, and I can't really explain it. So I do think there is a value, particularly as the more surreal it gets. I think this is more logical than a lot of movies, trust me. (laughs) But um, there is an internal logic to the film, as weird as it is. But with films like this, I do think there is a value in your own personal attachment to it. You have to kind of figure out where it's from, but I do Mm -hmm. understand that it's tough in that sense. But I do value the idea, if it emotionally hits you or doesn't, that's valuable. I do think there is value in that, and I'm not going to sit there and say Trevor's wrong because he emotionally just did not connect with it. That's I something this film kind of has to do, of, and if it doesn't, it's hard. I, I agree with Go Ben. On. I think the kind of relationships that you've experienced in the past are going to deeply fuel your understanding of this film. And I am going to be in, step out on a limb and say uh, I'm inclined to believe that the more fucked up your previous relationship experiences may have been, the more this film might have resonated with you. So uh, I do, I do. I think there's a deep, no, I think there's a deep hurt in this film. And I think that if you experience that deep hurt and that deep disbelief Mm. that you're kind of going to resonate with it a little tighter. It's a little bit of a limb, but I'm going to say it. Well, no, Bobby, Bobby, I just, I just want to, I just want to say like like, me, me, when I said Bobby, that was because, that was because like, especially, especially back in college, like, having known you all four yeah. years and like having been there for you. Like, I just want, I just wanted to reach out and hug you. Just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I love y'all. <laughs> I, I mean, I would hesitate to say that I haven't had, like, I've had some really fucked up relationships. I like the one I'm in now, but, like, at the same time, that hasn't changed my perspective. Or maybe that's why, maybe I associate the two things differently. Like, I enjoy the long-term relationships. I haven't, I've had some really, 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 really fucking bad short-term relationships and dating experiences. So maybe, like, that's why the first half regulates with, like, you know, resonates with me. And the second, I'm just kind of like, really? That's like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, but you, like, I've changed for my girlfriend. Like, I've changed over time like i understood that i just don't think it was as good i think the issue is like the movie is built for the first half it's not built for the second half that's that's what's ha- that's what i mean he has an idea and he plays it out and then he keeps playing it out to the logical conclusion it doesn't work quite as well and i think it doesn't drive quite as well and i think the i think the kind of internal logic falls apart and, I, and there is an internal logic every movie no, has there internal is. logic as unlogical as it is like it has an internal logic yeah. that falls apart and they play it for laughs a little bit, but at the same time, I'm like, but that was, like, your setup. I don't know. I don't know. I can agree that the first half Ye- of the yelling, film was yelling stronger. At this movie, 
Like, I, right. I can agree that that was a stronger... And that's, you know, when we summarize what the film is, we focus on the first part of the film because that's right. easier to understand. The, the second right. part, I think, is very subjective in what you're going to take away and what it's going to mean to the individual. And frankly, I find that more fascinating about this film, that it's going to be impacted in so different, so many different ways and that, you know, half of us hated it and half of us loved it. That's... And two of well, you don't really know. Just, I would, just, I, I would like, avoid nailing that down to our particular experiences. Is the thing right? I would agree. I, with I, I disagree. I disagree with you saying like this movie is what you have in your relationships because I'm thinking there's going to be people that have had like like next to no relationships and still like resonate very. No, strongly. I don't mean fact, to simplify feel, it down like to that level. Would, but I think it. But does. I can see this also being a film that five years later could watch me and like if I was in a relationship or something changed. I don't know where the hell it changed, but I can see being uh, different you know there's, there's, the there's films no do doubt. change based yeah. on your time and i just think life. it hits yeah. you where you are you know i'm not to say that like you can't understand it unless you've truly suffered because that that's shit <laughs> okay good because that's, that's what it sounds like you're saying and i wanted to make yeah sure. yeah <laughs> hey, i'm not gonna lie that diatribe was great like no, bobby's life is not great <laughs> that's that's not at all what i i mean by it i just think that a lot of what you will have experienced previously is something that you will take into this movie and where you are in that moment is what you're going to take away I think that's very interesting about it, but that's not to say that you can't understand it unless you've experienced X, Y, and Z, because then it would be, it would be bad. It would be a bad. It would be film. a failure as a piece of art for me. Yeah, it would be yes. a failure as a film if that were the case. But no, um, I, 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 do, like what, I do not think that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I did like when Ben brought up about internal logic, and uh, you brought up David Lynch. Like this, seeing this movie, like I haven't, I'll admit, watched a lot of movies that just obey their own logic the way this one does. It made me want to watch kind of like a David Lynch film. Because I know those are supposedly good, but like I don't. That's that's the thing I'd take umbrage with, maybe necessarily. Is I really wanted to dis- to distinguish like the message this movie had to deliver and how much it actually had to say from its execution. And well, that's why I go to like Wes Anderson the closest because uh, even though he's not as surreal and he's a little yeah. bit more approachable, it is that sort of. If you I, like this style, you're going to love it. If you right. don't like style, you're never going to love it. Oh, and man, it's a frustrating I, thing I about it. Strongly yeah. disagree with that. Not to be a you don't think so. But- I, I mean, I I'm trying to go for David for something more preachable. I, I would think, more compare him to someone think, like Roy Anderson, but I don't know if people know who that guy no, is. No, exactly. So. I think I know. Okay, I agree with that because, like, but like, I'm just going for like who most something people that might people, know. yeah, everyone yeah. Will know. Like, I think the thing is like is like they're only alike in that they have a very distinct difference. I'm not saying he's like Wes Anderson. I'm just saying exactly. that there's like a style. I'm saying there's a distinct <laughs> right. style in both that if you don't key into, it's going to be really a problem. You know. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you. I see what you. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. I want to make sure I'm clear on that. <laughs> I'm not saying yeah, like, this is a Wes Anderson no, movie, guys. No. Put that on the cover. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I appreciate I appreciate that example. Um, cause the point yeah. I guess I'm basically trying to make is I, I didn't want to judge the film just for its method of execution. Like for me, it was a failure right. on, on both levels, and that's that's what and, the problem I had with it. I I, it, I I can't say that I'm above that, but I, I I would try not to judge a film just based on its execution when it actually did have something thoughtful to say, I guess. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna catch us up there just a bit, and I think we're gonna go ahead and start looking at scores. The bet this week is tied into the score. We actually asked Ben, like I did last week with. Uh, the Civil War podcast. We asked Ben where all our bets are going to be on the basis of what uh, Ben went ahead and is going to give the movie in terms of score. But first, and I hadn't seen it yet, ahead. so yeah. <laughs> so first up, we're going to take a look. Um, uh, oh my god! <laughs> that was, hard. That was so Sorry, sad. I can I just say 
there, there's something I wanted to mention a little while ago, but I just remembered, which is like at one point you literally went, Jack went, uh, I, I don't know. And I think that should be your score for Lobster. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. A solid five. <laughs> solid, solid, uh, no. something. <laughs> I don't want to affect the bets, whatever. No, um, it's funny. But My score is a lobster out of five. <laughs> lobster. So for the score, Yarn. we're going to go through real quick and say what people thought Ben was going to give the score. I started off, I thought Ben was going to give the lobster an eight. Trevor, what did you think? You thought? I just weighed in the cynical bet at a six. Yeah. And uh, everyone else got a point five. Bobby, you took 7.5, correct? I did. And Peter, you're at a 6.5, correct? Yep. Late to All right, game. Ben. What's your well, score think, for the lobster? I think it's time for Jack to to win a bet. I don't know if he's won one in a while. Uh, he's doing a dance. I don't know if I got to. I wish I listened. Uh, no, 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 I got to read. Stop. No. You, you, you uh, admitted to it on uh, air. We know. It's he's got it on tape. No. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> His stance is too adorable. I like it. All right, eight. I'm gonna give it an eight point five. I really, really love this film. I thought it was very interesting. Very. <laughs> Oh boy, I'm I'm changing cameras. I can't focus on it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish our listeners could see this. Uh, oh. There was a, there was an amazing dance. Oh, if only we had a video podcast. Um, <laughs> I can't give it an eight point five. I thought this film was very interesting. I like the ambition of it. I do agree that maybe it goes down the second half, but I guess maybe give it a little bit extra for ambition, for cleverness, for really delivering something that's going to be very memorable. And a film that leaves me constantly thinking about it. I've seen it. Uh, almost a week ago now, and I'm still thinking about it, is something I really, really value. And I really enjoy this film. It's one of my favorites I've seen this year. And, uh, yeah, I love it. So, 8.5. Congratulations, Jack. Yay! I'm so amazing! Rue the upcoming you, thing. I know, I know. <laughs> Peter, you're up next. Um, this is tough. Um... I'm going to give it a 6.5 not because I think it's bad but I, I think I think just be like, like I, I really I really liked like especially in the beginning of the hotel the the, the dead the total dead panning humor of everything I liked seeing where the movie went with its with with its sto- with its story um, and, and, and and what and what it had to say in relationships but I think and, and and maybe my and I'm sure my opinion in a few years will change, or, or at least or even some sometime from now. But I think I'm just not in the right place to totally get this film to like fully enjoy it. So I think for me, I want to like let it marinate, not touch it, come back to it later and watch it again, and 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 and, and I'll and I'll see I'll see how I feel about the, about the movie then. But for right now, I'm going to give it a six point five. All right, that's damn. I didn't call that on you, Peter. But uh, yeah, up next up we have Trevor. Um, I guess I'll give it a, a four, a four out of ten. Um, just to, I do recognize that it had a, there are a lot of different elements that I liked. Um, I, I thought there was a lot of good good stuff going for it, especially at first. Um, but for me, in the second half, it kind of ran out of ideas, and I didn't really take away anything to that would especially be thought-provoking to me as much as just continually flabbergasting. So uh, give it a four. All right. All right. Bobby, you're up next. Uh, I, like Ben, absolutely loved the movie. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, That is the same score that I gave Midnight Special and Spotlight, to put it in perspective of what I thought of it. 
Um, I thought the film was was brilliant. I really did. Uh, I loved its deeply unsettling nature. I loved the world in which it created. I loved the messages in which it was trying to portray. Whether or not I agree with them is almost irrelevant in my mind because I thought that the film had a very strict narrative and it adhered to it. Um, I thought the cinematography was beautiful and the use of music was very, very interesting. Um, I loved the reoccurring themes. I thought the acting was fantastic. I really don't have all that much to complain about. I have a lot of questions about the world that the film existed in, but I feel like I'll unpack them over the next couple of weeks and or months. And I love that there was a film that so fully resonated with me that I'm going to keep thinking about it for literally months and I'm going to keep coming back to it. So I have a lot of respect for this movie and I really wish more people would see it so I could have more people to talk to about it. But <laughs> I thought it deserved an eight. All right. Well, I don't mean to, I, I need to apologize for this score a little bit because I don't think it's going to be exactly what I think. I'm going to go ahead and give it uh not as bad as Trevor, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a, uh, a five. And the reason for that is because um, my dream of a dream is that five is neutral. <laughs> I, recognize, I recognize and apologize that that might not be true. And, to Bo- and I know that's not necessarily fair to Bobby and Peter on this one. Um, but I, I, it's something that I am attempting to strive for a little bit. And I understand that. And I will actually go back. Ben, I'll give you this. I'm going to go back and I'm going to change my score on Batman and Superman <laughs> to make this oh my work. God. <laughs> I'm going to make this work. I want. <laughs> I am so curious over the course of this show to see how many times this happens. <laughs> no, I, think this right. is a, I think you get one change, Jack. Jack. With your last word, can you just admit to us that you're in denial about Batman versus Superman? I'd really like <laughs> Dude, it's my last word. <laughs> No, I, I think I think I think this movie is very is is good, and I think there's a lot of things that are working in group together as elements. As a viewing experience, it wasn't fun for me. I went into it and didn't necessarily enjoy um, the exact things that happened, but it did make me think, and so it it had like parts of elements that did. I thought it fell apart as time went on, and it, and I think the thing is too is that as an interesting thought piece like it didn't need to be two hours like i didn't and maybe that's the thing is like maybe if like the humor had sustained me better i would have been invested more and followed along i see parts and points where this movie fell apart and failed for me i think i understood and i enjoyed it overall but at the same time it's still not like it's still not ultimately successful in like how i think so like and the other thing is like i cannot recommend this and i think that's the thing what scores do come down to a little bit is about recommendations and stuff i don't i don't disrecommend it because the person that's going to go out and see this is going to love it but i also do don't recommend it because like i know if i recommend it to certain to like half of my friends they'd be like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> so like, and that's just yeah. a fact. that's just a fact so i mm-hmm. i'm going to say a five and, and i'm going to work i promise you all that i'm going to work to be more neutral. <laughs> what did you change your Batman Superman score to? I don't know if I, I have no remember. idea. It's gonna You're just changing it. It's gonna change. It's gonna change. We're gonna get there. I'm gonna look at all the numbers and figure this out. But Stay tuned the most important to find out what he figures. What he figures <laughs> in the, end. the most important number right now is that with the with the math for this comes out to a six point five for. Wow. Whoo shit! That's wow. actually lower than I thought. Um, yeah, a six point well, five. Yeah, I thought it'd be a seven. Yeah, uh, yeah. So six point five for the lobster—that is lower than I thought. Okay, yeah. Divisive. So, 
That's what the Movie Gang podcast gives it. And there is no bet this week because I haven't thought one up, and we're going to come up with it later, and I'll post it in the Facebook chat. <laughs> <laughs> I have a potential one we can talk off air. but We'll talk yeah, off air. We'll talk yeah. off air. But do you know what that means? Does everyone know what that means? Oh, Jack, God. it's close out show! Just, just fast forward, guys. Oh, Jack time! God. Jack time! Just cut it off just right now. Just got to talk to Jack time. All right, here. Uh, <laughs> I have Bobby, a bone. Your face bone. Beautiful. To pick. Bobby's slipping me off. God damn it. <laughs> I have a Double bone to pick with critics overall about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is actually something I want to say. I am tired. I am very, very, very tired, good listener, <laughs> about people in the, like the critics and the disconnect between critics about how they view the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how they keep saying because I'm tired of hearing everyone like oh I'm a movie critic I'm cool and Marvel Cinematic Universe it's it's like I'm so tired of seeing all these Marvel Cinematic Universe movies oh my god they're terrible and I think I'm really I'm really noticing more and more a separation between the movie critics in the United States and the difference between the general movie viewing public and I think that's the thing is like People aren't striving anymore in movie critics to be representative of the public. And I think that's a good thing to some extent, especially if you're looking in terms of high art and like how it is. But traditionally, high art is like a separation of, a separation from popular art. But as art evolves over time and we look at like how things are blending into each other more and more and pop art's becoming more pop and you know, high art is you know, struggling for dollars, it's hard to view like the way the, the cinematic universe is in Disney works as not being like one of scarcity. And because they're funding all these you know, these cinematic movies, like these Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, all these other great indie movies are just not getting made. That's not fucking true. It's not a fact. Like, people are saying, like, the middle of the movie-going universe is disappearing, but I don't... I I agree with that on the offhand, but I don't disagree that high art is going away in the same way. I think the movie industry is changing and things are evolving, but the argument that, like, movies as a whole are disappearing into these two sides of the camp you either have these crazy indie movies like the lobster no offense or you have you know marvel big budget you know spider-man 9 uh, this you know i can only dream it actually if we actually count them all in order it actually might be approaching nine by the third spider-man movie in this universe that's actually a thing um no six yeah six peter i see you counting with your fingers <laughs> oh, yeah. six the point is, is like as, a, as somebody who grew up with the comics and things that loved them, I'm really happy that they're doing this. I really love the experience of doing this, and I really think it's talking to me specifically. And it's not to like get it mad at people and be like, why are you judging these things for that? I'm saying that maybe we should look at like what the popular thing is and allow something to exist within its own things. Like we're gonna, we need to rate these movies against other members of this thing. And the thing is, is like if you've gone in and been like, oh, I didn't watch the half, like the last nine Marvel movies. Yeah, you're not gonna enjoy it. That's a fact. It's built into these movies, and you have to be able to understand that. And I think that that's what people need to start looking at. And I think really only it's we're getting to the point where the only critics that are actually being critical of this movie and having an honest discourse about it are people that actually are interested in the movies, interested in the background universe, and interested in these things. So I think like, frankly, like, unfortunately, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is very much so leaving behind uh, the mainstream critics. So that's my opinion. This has been the Movie Gang Podcast. We're amazing. Watch us. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook. That was a long screen for a movie that has 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Please follow us on Facebook. Oh my god, I just fucked up really bad. (laughs) I was wondering, like, what are you talking about? Marvel critics tend to like Marvel movies. Yeah, even the guy that wrote the Atlantic for everything liked it. Yeah, 
No, I think the thing is, like, I'm tired of seeing thought pieces about how people are so... Thought pieces, that's fair. That's I mean, fair. I, I think that, like, coring that up, I'm more, I'm more upset about the discourse and, like, the like the comments and, to- and like, the talk shows and that sort of thing. Like, when people talk about it, they, it's like they grudgingly give this movie a good score. When I think it is a genuinely good movie. And I think that's my, that's my point. You're annoyed with I'm people tired. like me. Yes, I am. Yeah. 